Again, yeah, welcome, welcome to, to those who have just joined us. us. Uh, live on Facebook. For those who are new to the to SGC, the Spiritual Group Cultivation, uh, where we have short puja, short meditation, and some would say not so short. Uh, Dharma, Dharma sharing, sharing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so SGC started, started off as a as a platform for uh, the English speaking community, Buddhist community, community in Singapore. Singapore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the we I hope, we hope that that, uh, that this can help those who uh, you know the younger generation. generation. Those who are more English-speaking to learn the Buddha Dharma, uh, and you'll notice that for the puja we actually have English and Chinese, yeah, and the Pali chanting. So it is uh, so that we don't um, we don't uh, lose touch with either tradition uh, because the. the this is two, two major, major traditions, traditions are very crucial. So, ah, uh, so some, some of you asked, you know, there's there's a, there, there seems to be a, something up here. here. So, so this is actually the, the, the white board. Yeah. yeah. So today's topic, what is today's topic? Today's topic is uh, on Birth, rebirth, and, and reincarnation. Yeah. yeah. So, so one, one of, of the students, students asked, asked uh, May, May, May Wong. Wong. May Wong asked ask this question. question. Yeah. Uh, let me let try to pull it out. out. So, so May Wong asked, I think it's a she, she uh, would like, like to, to clarify. clarify on rebirth, reborn, and reincarnation, and referring to traditions like Mahana, Theravadan, and Tibetan. So the Four Noble Truths and the Law of Dependent Originations are to be learned, understood, and concentrated to gain enlightenment of the Buddha's teachings. Then why are the different realms often mentioned in learning the teachings? So, uh, I wonder if May is online today. Is the is that person online? Uh, as usual, uh, the student who asked the question usually disappears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm, I'm going to just share on, on this this topic, today's topic. We and six rounds. And then I will probably touch a bit on the significance of the six rounds. There's echo. Oh yeah, how come there's so much problem? Okay, no more echo. So now no more echo. Uh, what to do? Our our combined karma is like that. <laughs> no, actually, this is a new software I'm trying. It's called uh, hey, what is it called? Uh? This is a new software called XSplit Broadcaster. Yeah, I was originally gonna use the um, use the Logitech um, broadcasting. So. Uh, but I found this other software. Uh, rather, I used to use it like six years ago for for the live streaming. 
in the, the monastery. Okay, so uh, rebirth and the six realms. Uh, as as I'm going through, feel free to ask questions if you have any, oh, uh, because this is a very broad topic. Um, so first of all, um, how is rebirth and the six realms linked? So uh, first thing, what are the six realms? So there's the heavenly realm. heavenly beings and then we have the human we have the Ashura and then we have the ghost or hungry ghost And then we have the animal realm, and we have hell realm. Mm. So these are six different realms. In the Pali Canon, uh, Ashura realm is split between the heavenly and the animal realm. So, um, so for the most part, um, I think t today in most tradition we talk about the six realms quite commonly. The six realms is not uh, is not simply uh, six six separate ones. Uh. There there's actually six groups. Uh. So we belong to the human realm. Then in animal realm, there's a whole range of different beings. In hungry ghost realm, there's also a whole range of different beings that exist. Oh. Uh. Oh. Is the video still working? Huh? It's still okay, huh? Because on my on my uh, browser, it seems to have frozen. Okay, seems to be looking fine. Let me switch off so make sure that. Okay, so. Um, in the Chinese tradition or in the Chinese culture, we have this uh, wrong view that after we die, yeah, we, we tend to think that after we die, we become ghosts. And then, as a ghost, we go to hunt to the hell to receive our posting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. So. Liu Dao, Liu Dao Lenhui. So six realms is Liu Dao. Liu Dao Zhong Shen. So the wrong the wrong view are uh, this here I'm talking about wrong view okay Chinese we have this wrong view that after human die yeah after we die we become ghosts then as a ghost we go to hell then to receive our posting yeah uh, this is not what uh, was taught by the Buddha not what was observed by the Buddha. Uh, hungry ghost is a separate realm altogether. So if you, after you die, you don't necessarily become a ghost. Okay, you can be reborn as a ghost if you have a lot of attachment. You have a lot of craving and attachment. Uh, you can be reborn as a heavenly being also. Yeah, so you become one of the gods. You can be reborn as an asura, as an animal. Yeah, or you can be reborn in hell. Or you can also be reborn as a human being again. Okay? So it doesn't mean that after dying you must become ghosts. Huh? So don't keep on thinking about oh after you die then you can get a lot of Kim Chua and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, which also means that you don't have to worry so much about whether your descendants burn Kim Chua or not. 
And for that matter, on the related note, um, I think this had been brought up by many venerables over the years. Uh, but old habits die hard. Um, the burning of incense paper um, is a is an expression of our devotion and piety towards our departed one. But the act by itself doesn't help the our departed um, loved ones uh, in tangible ways, really. Yeah. Uh, what would be more meaningful is <coughs> for us to do in the um, to do it on their behalf or to use uh, their resources. Yeah. That means that the if they leave behind anything to help them do charity instead. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, um, when we when I get invited to go to uh, perform a service at the wake, <coughs> I don't go around criticizing the akongama or the elderly father mother when they do fold the uh, incense paper. Uh, instead, I encourage them. Yeah, I tell them it is good that they have this kind thought. Uh, but another way, uh, one way to fold the kim is you fold and then you chit chat and you gossip. Uh, that is not meritorious. Okay, if you fold and chit chat and gossip, it's not meritorious. But if uh, if you are folding, you have uh, kind thoughts. You have loving thoughts. And your speech, you recite the Buddha's name, you recite some sutras while you are folding, uh, then that's meritorious. <coughs> yeah, then you can dedicate merits to your uh, departed one. Oh. Um, so then, goals, goals and helpings are different also. Oh, goals and helpings are different. Um, helpings are helpings, goals are goals. Uh, but goals and helpings sometimes quite related uh, in a way because in some suttas it talk about how helpings after being uh, after perishing in hell they are, they are, they are reborn in, uh, in the hungry ghost realm uh, but it depends depends on individual's karma also they are, it's not like after hell definitely must go hungry ghost yeah. So some after hell rebirth, they are reborn as animal. Some after hell reborn in human realm. Uh, there are some instances where the hell, the being after rebirth in hell, is rebirth reborn in uh, heavenly uh, birth. Yeah. Uh, but the question that this student posed today uh, is: Let me pull it up. Is uh, so with reference to uh, to the teachings, right? Why is it that the various realms are often mentioned? Yeah. So there are different reasons why the different realms are mentioned. First and foremost, uh, by and large, we can say that the teachings we know as a human being uh, is directly applicable to us as humans. Oh. Uh, for the for the very reason that we uh, we possess the full faculties uh, required to learn and practice the Buddha Dhamma, no? we don't have the rebirth obstacles where our rebirth is too too good or too bad. Yeah, we're not experiencing extreme pain and suffering, so we are able to practice. But we are also not experiencing too much pleasure, such that we indulge in the uh, in in enjoyment yeah, of the senses. So, um, <coughs> in the in the sutta, the Buddha often mentioned about the various realms. Uh, in part, sometimes it's because individuals come to talk to the Buddha and ask the Buddha about the different realms. So the Buddha explained, first of all, the nature of the different realms. Yeah. So, uh, it, 
in brief, you can say that heavenly and human rebirth is pleasant. Or Asura is somewhat pleasant also, yeah, but, but because of the nature of their temperament, they cannot quite enjoy the, the, the rebirth. Uh, the hungry ghost, animal and hell rebirth is the lower realm, what we call the three lower realms, or sun, earth, Tao. So these three lower realms um, is um, usually wrought in suffering. Uh, so we have uh, just now someone asked about these six realms in Chinese. So we have Tian Ren Asiu Luo, Sometimes we say So these six realms. So the Buddha highlight these six realms to highlight to us first of all the nature of these six realms, and then also how what is the origin of these six realms? Yeah, origin not in a sense who created these six realms, um, but rather how do we end up in these six realms? So the Buddha described how uh, if we observe uh, the five precepts and the ten wholesome deeds, we can be reborn in the human and heavenly realm. Yeah, but heavenly realm there are different uh, levels to it. If you want to be reborn in the form and formless realm, then you need to practice uh, meditation on top of uh, observing five precepts and the uh, ten wholesome deeds. The Buddha also described how you can be reborn in the lower realms. Uh, so by committing the five, uh, the, the ten unwholesome deeds, by committing the the five heinous deeds, uh, and so on. Uh, basically, if you are very strong in greed, hatred, and delusion, yeah, um, the, the defilements are very strong. Then you, your next life, <laughs> higher high propensity to be reborn in those realms. So, um, besides talking about how these realms come about, the Buddha will also teach how these realms can come to an end. Come to an end not in the sense of destruction, but how can we stop being reborn in these realms? So, for a start, most people don't want to be reborn in the three lower realms. Yeah, so, the Buddha teach us the precepts, teach us the ten wholesome deeds, and uh, the bulk of this is actually found actually in the first part of the uh, Noble Eightfold Path under right view. Yeah, what is wholesome, what is unwholesome. Yeah. Then, if we can uh, practice the five precepts, the ten wholesome deeds, we cut off, we remove the conditions for us to be reborn in the lower realms. Uh, ten wholesome deeds include uh, right view. Yeah. So. Um, the Buddha uh, teaches the ending, yeah, that means how to not be reborn in the specific realms. So how about heavenly and human rebirth? Yeah, do we want to be reborn in them? Um, the ultimate goal uh, of Arahanthood, then we, we stop all rebirth in this cyclical existence. Yeah. So, uh, but before that happens, uh, if we if we cannot prevent, uh, if we cannot uh, stop the rebirth yet, then better make sure that you are reborn in a happy realm for a start. Yeah. Um, ah, the other thing that the Buddha highlighted about the six realms is, uh, if you look at the six realm structure, in most religion there are similar. Uh, set up. Oh. Although the way we understand these six realms may differ. Oh. And one of the key differences uh, none of these realms, as the Buddha saw it, uh, is permanent. 
None of the realms are permanent. So, one of the key features that the Buddha observed is that they are all impermanent. And on top of that, uh, at a certain level, they are also all uh, suffering. Mm. So while we can say that the lower group uh, are uh, the realms that has more suffering, but the top one, yeah, the heavenly realm and the human realm and to some extent the Asura realm so while they have more happiness but these are temporal happiness also no? so uh, in a way when the Buddha gave this teaching on the six realms it is to highlight to us that the samsaric existence is non-ideal no? yeah. we tend to get caught up with this uh, in this, uh, in this, I think in this period, uh, hard not to talk about the current situation. Uh. <laughs> when we see the different countries falling uh, prey to the uh, COVID nineteen, uh, you see very similar response. Yeah, uh, all cover in fear. Uh, in the face of impending uh, death. Yeah. The moment the virus hit their country, uh, there's no country that, that stand up and say, no, it's okay, we are not afraid of dying. Yeah. Uh, I say this with a heavy heart. Uh, it is, this is the fact of our human existence, yeah, which the Buddha observed uh, 2,600 over years ago. Um, sometimes when we think about the Buddha's teaching yeah, for some people it may seem like people keep talking about suffering you know even talk about the six realms yeah, talk about the three lower realms then the, the, the upper <coughs> realms but then in the end even the heavenly and human rebirth still say there's suffering but it's true isn't it yeah. uh, some students ask me is it possible that in future that maybe science may overcome old age, sickness and death? Maybe? I, I don't know. Uh, future, we can only find out in future. Uh, I sometimes like to do this. You see, when, when people start to talk about these speculative questions, uh, there's a tendency for people to start arguing about whether it's like this or like that but um, my approach for me I, I tend to like to approach it in this way uh, let's consider if if what the Buddha said is true then then we don't have to discuss anymore it's, it's just as he said right but what if in future science really overcome aging sickness and death yeah then uh, does it mean that all the realms will become permanent? Then as human beings will live for a few thousand years or in perpetuity? Let's say it happens. I think if it happens, the Buddha's teaching will be even more relevant. Because can you imagine, the neighbour that you don't like, you have to live with them forever, you know? <laughs> then all the more you need to learn how to live with one another, isn't it? Yeah. Now at least <laughs> Amitovoa. Uh, at least everything impermanent. Yeah. No matter how you how you like or you don't like, at some point you separate ways. Yeah, you go separate ways. Not you know. But imagine if all of us live forever. Then I think we better learn more Dharma first. Yeah. Then we can live forever. <laughs> 
happily. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be suffering forever, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and so this is one key part that is quite different from from other religion. Yeah, which is that the the different realms, in particular, yeah, in particular, the heavenly and the hell rebirth is not a permanent state, uh, not a permanent state, but rather they are just a transient temporal state. Uh, the heavenly state and the hell state is often described to be astronomically long. Yeah, uh, but uh, still temporal. So in order to be reborn in heavenly realm, you must be really very kind, very good, very pure, very wholesome. But no matter how that um, that merit is still finite, so it still produces a finite rebirth. Likewise, uh, a person can do a lot of evil, but no matter how evil, that evil is still finite. So the rebirth in hell is very long, but still finite. Oh. So there's a question. Uh, how to let my late cat of 18 years be reborn in human rebirth? I did a 49 days of, uh, of Mito Ching to her, and then on and off Hui Xiang to her. Can she be reborn in human realm? Must I still Hui Xiang to her after one year of her passing? Ah. So Rosie has this very good question. Um, it first of all, uh, sorry to hear of your cat passing. Uh, it's been one year. I think uh, whether it's our family cat or our family loved ones, mm, we all want the best for them, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we hope that we can. We are able to first of all know where they are going, and if if it's not a good place, we hope that we can uh, influence, you know, maybe change that. Uh, I think that's a very kind thought. Uh, so in the Buddhist tradition, we say that if you truly want to benefit uh, mm -hmm. your loved ones who have passed away, uh, you can. Uh, do wholesome meritorious deeds and perhaps um, oh Alison suggests that we can put the main sc your screen as the main screen uh, okay so you all can see me huh? okay let's see is this better? So, yeah, so back to the, the, the question. Uh, yeah, so we wish to help them to be reborn in a happier realm. In a, yeah. uh, the Buddhist approach is we, we do uh, meritorious deeds and do dedication. Uh, but there's a crucial uh, part here, which is the the person the being whether it's our family cat our family our loved ones friends uh, they must connect with this wholesome deed yeah that means they must agree to it yeah they must resonate with it you think about it uh, so so this is the buddhist principle uh. for them to receive merits so called to receive uh, they must connect with that so when they connect with it and they rejoice in it, then they generate the uh, wholesome merits also. Because if you if if it's possible for for us to simply transfer things over merits without the person agreeing or, or disagreeing, then can we dedicate? demerit to people? <laughs> Cannot. <laughs> you think about it. Merits we want, we, we hope it's possible. Uh, the recipient don't have to do anything and then someone kind do something and just transfer over. We hope that that's possible. 
But if that's possible, then what's stopping the merits from being transferred? It doesn't make sense. Huh? So the recipient must connect. And it's the connection that generates merits for them. And that's why in the past path, it's, it talks about the Chan Hui, right? It says, so that's a yeah? When you see someone doing something and you rejoice in it, whether it's wholesome or unwholesome, if it's wholesome and you rejoice in the good deed that has been done, your rejoicing generates merit. <laughs> yeah, how wonderful. But if you see someone doing something bad, you rejoice in it. You also <laughs> generate the demerit. Yeah, because you are planting the seed of agreeing to wholesome, agreeing to unwholesome actions. So you are planting seeds, and that itself is the merit. Huh? Uh, so, um, must I still Huixiang to her after one year of her passing? <laughs> Quite a few students have asked me this question. Yeah. Uh, do we have to do it forever until we die? Can we do it? Can we stop after, I don't know, uh, after 100 days, after 3 years, after 10 years, or after 1 year? Uh, there's no strict stipulation how many years are. Yeah. Uh, we usually say we hope that. Uh, we, we hope the, the departed have taken rebirth and they are well already. Mm. Uh, but I think uh, you, you can ask yourself, do you still care for that person, whether it's your family cat or your parents, your grandparents? If you still care, then just do a, a puja for them, you know. Um, think of them when you're doing it and uh, on that basis, yeah, it's because of them that you are doing this, this uh, puja, and so within this uh, practice, your body, speech, and mind is somewhat purified. Then you can dedicate merits to them. Yeah, you can wish for them to be well, to be happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I must I uh, <laughs> If you ask me, must the question of must you do what I say, you must get enlightened. <laughs> Can or not? You must not be unhappy. Uh, that's more important. You must not be harmful to others. Uh, you must practice the noble eightfold path. This is what you must. I'm going to just put a like on those questions that I've covered so that I can easily scroll through and uh, and I know the, the ones that I've already covered uh. so is pure land and heavenly uh, is pure land in heavenly realms uh, that is an uh, interesting question which have been asked before also. so uh, strictly speaking Pure land is uh, is defined to be out of samsara. Yeah, but the descriptions there's actually a very interesting parallel in the in the classical teachings. We say that the third stage anagami, the the non-returner, after passing away, will be reborn uh, as a from human realm, be reborn in the form world. Yeah, as a uh, as a heavenly being in the pure abodes. Yeah, Wu Jing Ju Tian. Wu Jing Ju Tian. Let me write it down. So this question of Jing uh, Tu. So, uh, 
in the classical teaching we talk about the five uh, pure abbot we call it the Wu Jing Ji Tian The, this is heavenly this is pure land and the Wu Jing Chi Tian is the five pure abbot so uh, let, me, let me explain a bit uh. Uh, what is the basis why uh, in the Pure Land tradition we say that Pure Land is outside of Samsara? Um, it is described to be outside of Samsara because uh, Pure Land existence and uh, Samsaric existence differ in one very key thing, uh, which is in the Samsaric existence, let's say in any of the realms. Um, your duration is due to your karma and firstly and your next rebirth is also due to your karma and both are triggered by your defilements mm. so how about pure land? pure land is a very interesting uh, interesting state uh, because uh, in the description of pure land the rebirth there is not due to your karma as in like samsaric karma uh, also not due to your defilements but due to your vows plus the Buddha's vow so both vows together plus uh, <laughs> yeah, plus your wholesome merits your wholesome cultivation so all that together then you get reborn in pure land so it differs in this particular way not because of your greed, hatred and delusion and further, uh, once you are reborn in Pure Land, it is described that you don't get reborn into other realms uh, because there's no trigger for your defilements. Yeah. So basically, uh, it's a one-way <laughs> ticket. And um, the way I see it, <laughs> I, it's those of you who have attended the Pure Land class that I conducted a couple of years back, you would recall, you know the Mi Tuo Jing, yeah? Rossi mentioned you, you chant Mi Tuo Jing uh, several times, right? Yeah, so the Ami Tuo Jing, if you look at the Ami Tuo Jing itself, uh, the way I look at it, it is a prospector's guide. Prote prospector's guide to pure land. Yeah, so um, it's like before you enter university, before you go to NTU, NUS, SMU, SIM and so on uh, sometimes you know if you are the potential candidate then you may receive in your mail or you go for open house and you receive the uh, flyer, a booklet describing uh, the university and they'll tell you about the, the a bit of the background of the university what it is strong in the various faculties yeah the faculty members, their facilities, and also their students and alumni. Yeah, students meaning who are the you know from where do they do they have their students from? Or oh, our students are all from the Ivy League, you know, our students are all from uh, from the top five percent of the cohort and so on and so forth. And who are our alumni? Then they may highlight a few of the alumni, those who have graduated. What are they doing now? Yeah, how are they contributing to society? Yeah, so sometimes you see those flyers yeah, or booklets. Now if you look at the Amitabha Sutra, it's very similar. Yeah? The Buddha described that in the western direction, there's a distant uh, world, very, some distant away, called the uh, land of uh, supreme joy. Yeah, supremely supreme joy. And in that world, there, there, there's a presiding Buddha, like the like the dean, you know, or the chancellor, yeah. And that is Amitabha Buddha, 
and supporting him are various bodhisattvas. Uh, from other sutras, we know uh, Guan Xin Pusa and Tasi Zi Pusa are the vice chancellor and the Zuoyuso. And among them, then there are other Maha Bodhisattvas. But besides Bodhisattvas, there are also uh, Pachuka Buddhas, there are also Arahants who are practicing that. There are also those uh, cultivators of various fruits who are practicing that. So the so then the the, the text talk about the the facilities that uh, over there the scenery you know and then there's all the trees the pond the description are all wow this, that place wonderful yeah the best thing is that you don't have to work, you never talk about how you, that you have to pay rent uh, you never talk about you having to buy house or anything you don't have to work uh, so it's like a retreat center. Except that it's not a temple, it's not even just a country, it's a world system. Yeah, it's a world system level retreat center. Yeah. Uh, retreat center, uh, training, training uh, all those potential future Buddhas. Mm. So, um, when we recite this sutra, um, uh, you will get a, a, a bit of a flavor of okay so how is it like to be there yeah. and the purpose of this sutra is to instill faith that while we, our current state is not so ideal that there are beings who have set up a place that is very ideal yeah. but it's not a free trip uh. <laughs> yeah. because the requirement is that your aim is to later on attain Buddhahood yeah, so in a way we can say that it's not like just go there and enjoy yourself and then kyao ka <laughs> uh, no mm. so uh, in that sense it's not like pure it's not like heavenly realm because you're not there to enjoy yourself you're there to practice yeah really there to practice and practice not just for yourself to attain Buddhahood but so that you can attain Buddhahood and be of service to others. So there are, there are various suttas and various masters who then highlight that um, if you were to practice and apply the teachings to your life now, then what happened? Meaning, if you were to learn and practice the Buddha Dharma now in this life, not wait until next life, then you see that this world is pure land. This world is already pure land. We are in pure land already. Even this body that we have, uh, bring out the teachings. Yeah. All embodied in this body. Sabe, Sankara, Anichati. That all formations are impermanent. This body embodies that. Mm. All the things we possess. The very screen you are looking at is impermanent. The very place you are in, whether it's at home, uh, in a meeting room, yeah, or in a train or some somewhere, is impermanent. So everything that you can see, hear, smell, taste, touch, or think about, all embodies the Buddha Dharma. And if you can connect in that way, uh, then in internally purified, externally become purified. Uh, and if we can practice, not 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 so quickly lah, uh, step by step, and then gradually. Um, you will see a transformation yourself. Then at that point in time, related to this question, uh, some people have their question, so Shifu, sure or not, is that really pure, pure land? Uh, can you be sure? If you practice gradually, then yes, you can be sure. Mm. Ah, Mi Wong is online. So Shifu, can I say the nature and structure of different realms are parables to uh, parables, explanation to the five skandhas 
whereby there are five elements in all beings that we have to practice liberation in. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, so, this question, uh, so uh, Mei Wong has this question, are the different realms parable for the five skandhas? Uh, I don't see any basis for that. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that in the Pali Canon. I don't see that in the Mahana Sutra. Uh, yeah. So, uh, short answer, no. <laughs> uh, unless there are other sutras I'm, I'm not aware of. Mm. Uh, five elements. So, usually when we talk about physical body, there's the four elements, Ti, Shui, Ho, Feng, Earth, Water, Fire, Wind. And then there's the six, five or six element, Di, Sui, Ho, Feng, Kong, Shi. Yeah. So, earth, water, fire, wind, space, and then consciousness. Yeah. The six elements then embody the whole world. Oh. Uh, the, the last thing I want to touch on the six realms is um, in many of the sutra where the Buddha specifically refer to animal realm uh, oftentimes is with reference to his past life no? not so much to the five aggregates but to the past to his own past life and he may then say uh, in the past there was this let's say uh, there was this rabbit yeah, and there was this lion and a whole bunch of animals yeah, and then at the end of the of the account, he would then share. In the past, uh, so and so is the rabbit, the Buddha was the lion. Yeah, he would he would um, uh, bring up past life to teach a certain point. Oh. So other than that, uh, perhaps Mei Wong, if you know of any sutra references. Um, that describe the different realms as parables explaining the five skandhas maybe you can bring it up uh, if it's commentary uh, I would defer to the suttas oh, uh, if commentary that means something that was taught by the later masters if it contradicts or it, if it's different from what the Buddha teach I would usually go for what the Buddha teach. Oh, the Buddha's teaching should always be taken as you know uh, the the standard. So Shifu Rosi asks further Dedication to my ancestors, I still continue doing dedication. But I refer to my cat, some say animals not allowed. Animals not allowed. Some temples, for some reasons, they they want, they they only have the Zhu Xian Pai for Zhu Xian. Sometimes actually it's not the temples that have such restriction. You know, it's we we have the problem. Like imagine for some for some families, right? They go and buy the akong. Then next to the akong, they see a cat. Then I feel like what well, eh? My akong become same level as a cat. This is our own attachment. <laughs> we, in the Buddhist teaching we say Chong Sen Then Tizang Puso also want to liberate hell beings. Uh. Then we say cat cannot liberate. Uh, but if you go to certain temples, you you respect their arrangements. La. If this temple don't let you do dedication to cat your cat then you go other temple lo. if no temple allowed I, I do dedication for you la, for your cat <laughs> uh, don't have to be so particular oh I, why can't that temple do it for me I want that temple to do it for me then it, then this insistence is your problem <laughs> the temple have a right to say I don't want <laughs> because they may have other uh, you know circumstances that they have to attend to like what I described, maybe the temple, the, the, the community have no issue.
but maybe a lot of the elders over there they haven't wrapped their head around ma. we can say no ah sifu, you should teach them if they haven't learned it how <laughs> if they are still attached to ma kong is here ah, next to them must be all you know related one then you go and put a nyao there <laughs> then how mm. oh, so uh, my guess this is my guess okay uh, but I always I always remember what a teacher used to tell us whenever people say uh, say like this like that then he will say who said yeah who said that and then when the when my peers say oh they say who is they <laughs> yeah so you say some say animals not allowed who are the some who are the sum? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know of any sutras that specifically say that we are not allowed to do dedication for animals. Oh, so, for animals, how about radiate our metta to them? Yes, we can do that definitely. Um, and I would say, better to radiate metta to animals while they are alive than after they die. Although after they die, good to radiate. Uh, how do we radiate metta to animals be when before they die? So before they die, don't eat them. Then they don't die. <laughs> I'm not trying to uh, emotionally blackmail you into becoming vegetarian, uh. but uh, you know what I'm saying. If we if we say may all beings be well and happy, wow, this KFC very nice. <laughs> the beef rendang very nice, uh. Uh, then after we eat them, then we say, Oh, may the cow and the chicken be reborn in a happier realm in pure land. <laughs> uh, but do do what you can. Uh. Try. Okay, try. Maybe once a week, radiate metta to them by not eating them. You think about it, lah. You think about it. Now you see a... Uh, Let's say, like in Singapore, you don't really we don't really see wild animals, okay? Uh, let's say you go to uh, some countries and then you see a wild cat. When I say wild cat, not the not the. It's, I'm not talking about the small wild cat. Uh, I'm talking about bobcat, like a small lion, you know. And then the lion t somehow let's say the lion can talk, and the lion tell you, "Don't worry, I have meta for you." <sighs> Uh, but I want to eat you. Uh, do, which one do you feel first? Do you feel the, the meta or do you feel the fangs first? Yeah, so if you if we want to uh, if we want to radiate meta, maybe start off once a week or twice a week, you know. Uh, yeah. Radiate meta to animals by not eating them. Hi Shifu, if we are able to achieve enlightenment and realize emptiness in this life, uh, is, uh, I, uh, is it that, I presume this is, is it that, uh, is it that we will not be returned to samsara anymore? Can I ask, is such situation seem, seem like extinction? What will we become after achieving such state? Like we are like totally gone. I can't imagine how such situation or nirvana look like. Ah uh, yes. Uh, Celine Yong asked this question: What happened after we attain enlightenment? So this question has been asked many many times since the Buddha's uh, period. The Buddha's answer, standard answer is, <laughs> he don't answer. <laughs> that is irrelevant to your enlightenment. Uh, so one challenge about this question is um, we are trying to figure out we are trying to imagine and figure out how it's like to be enlightened without being enlightened yeah so um, yeah it, it's 
it's very tricky yeah so the what I can say is it's not like extinction yeah because <laughs> the question is such a situation same like extinction itself right this question is based on the premise that we identify with this body as I enlightenment once you attain enlightenment you don't identify with this body or anything in this world as you so the, the question itself the premise itself is inadmissible is invalid yeah. so what will we become after we achieve such a state similarly this itself is uh, tied to the premise of identification yeah uh, like we are totally gone what is the we uh, we usually refer to this body our existence uh, so this series of questions the Buddha don't directly answer in the uh, Mahayana tradition we say that enlightenment is basically the end of suffering uh, it is actually then just the start the start where you start to really benefit sentient beings yeah. benefit sentient beings by not being so preoccupied with ourselves yeah. <laughs> not just you, lah, Celine. all of us, all of us. Mm. so yes, it is difficult to imagine how such a situation would be like but instead of imagining how the situation would be like just consider if your concern is not with yourself but with the suffering of sentient beings on how to benefit sentient beings that is the situation then how you exist don't matter anymore whether you exist or not how you exist don't matter anymore can I say? Uh, it's just like if you are a teacher if you are now a student and you want to become a teacher when you become a teacher, your concern is whether the students learn, not whether you will be with the students in future. But as a student, our considerations for uh, for how being a teacher is may be totally different from how it's like, how it's really like being a teacher. Yeah, those who are teachers will know. Uh, it's quite different from how we may initially imagine uh, but Nirvana is not something for us to imagine it's for, some, for us to attain uh, so go and attain enlightenment uh, and it's not about after you die here and now, go and attain no? ok, let me look for other questions <clears throat> ah? How come suddenly there's the random you are best, Sufu, you are the best? What did I do? <laughs> ah, okay. May all be well and happy, El Tan says. Celine Yong says, I will take note in my practice. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we are welcome. Okay, I think I'll just like anyway. Uh, okay, I think we have covered all the questions and not a moment too soon, 3.15 <laughs> Alright, so we'll stop here and I'll switch over to uh, to begin the Diamond Sutra uh, broadcast uh, I hope everybody is keeping well washing your hands uh, but don't just wash your hands uh wash our heart yeah we wash our face every day yeah if there's dirt on our face we would immediately wash it our hands we'll keep it clean and now with COVID-19 we are you know even more concerned because we are concerned that these dirty hands will cause us to to become infected uh, even more important yeah or at least as important wash our heart yeah purify our heart Purify our body, speech and mind. Yeah.
because if our hands are clean, then only the body is healthy. Healthy body, but if the mind is dirty, then we can we can live a long time and harm many people. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure whether that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So if we wash our hands, keep our body healthy, we live longer, healthier, then we, we better make sure our heart is clean also. Then we can benefit more people instead of harming more people. Oh. Yeah, so take care of yourself. We'll do dedication. Yuan Xiao San Zhang Zhu Fan Nao. Yuan Da Zhi Hui Zhen Ming Liao. Puyuan